Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg along with Stephanie Burke and science advisor Matt Moniz. We are here to talk about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. And uh, if you are watching on Spooky TV, you're seeing a repeat. Because we are not broadcasting live on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com as we normally would. Uh, I think, are we broadcasting on Periscope? I'm trying. Stephanie is trying to broadcast on Periscope, which I had made one earlier today linked up to the Spooky South Coast Twitter so that people would start following on there. And that was the idea is that we would run that as well. But then when I got here, because the Wi-Fi in the building doesn't work with my cell phone for some reason. Of course not. It it, it always, it, it basically just like handcuffs my cell phone. My phone won't do anything when I'm in the building with the Wi-Fi on. So I turn the Wi-Fi off. You want to know why? Because you have an Android. No, that actually has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Other people have the same problem with iPhones I, in the building. I don't. I don't know why. But what I do is I turn my phone off, my, my Wi-Fi off my phone, but yet it's still locked out. So I think it's a. I think it's my issue. I think it's probably it's probably a T-Mobile issue more than anything. More than the yeah, I don't have T-Mobile so. because I had the, uh, you know the you know you were on the guest Wi-Fi in here. I, I don't had, have Wi-Fi at all. Uh, but no, I mean like everybody else yeah. is on the guest Wi-Fi. I had the, you know, the actual staff Wi-Fi, the, uh... which is supposed to not have these problems, but it still did. So anyway, so long story short, my periscope isn't working. I'm hitting the microphone with a pen. My That's periscope why. isn't working. Stephanie has hers working. I'm Sp- on right now, so spooky TV isn't working. If you're watching it, you're seeing a repeat. So if you guys want to watch us on Periscope, I am live. Um, I believe my handle is at Work It Burke. So come find me. And I'm going to retweet that right Perfect. now. Give a shout out to Nicole who's watching us and Tracy who's watching us too. So and the, uh, hello. And uh, <laughs> so none of the stuff that we normally have is working. Uh, we are able to at least get over the radio, we think. Anybody that's listening out there and you're trying to listen somewhere else, WBSM.com, the Radio Pup app. Those, we think, are working. You should be able to hear the audio that way, at least. And, of course, right over the airwaves on 1420 AM, WBSM. But uh, what do we chalk all this up to, Stephanie? Or you chalk it all up to when all this stuff goes wrong? Mercury retrograde. And as as I was saying on Periscope before the show, I think that there is... And you you got to listen and watch on Periscope, too, because that's the way that when we go to commercial and go to the news... We should keep that running. Then everybody can hear us like dropping F-bombs and complaining about how nothing's working. The good stuff, right? Right. But as I was saying on Periscope before the show started, I don't buy into all that because you would think if this was an actual legitimate problem, there would be countermeasures in place from the people who run the Internet, you know, Al Gore and his, his staff of a dozen that run the <laughs> Internet. You would think that they would have some sort of fail-safe in place for when this happens, right? That we wouldn't be sitting here complaining and smashing laptops against the... But you can't control it. You're not in control. But you could still find ways to to solve the problem. We've figured out how to solve almost every other problem with the cosmos. We can't solve this. I guess not. I don't know. I I don't know either. I think it's all a marketing campaign. like, Like you can't really solve problems that happen with like GPS and things like that when solar flares happen. You just kind of have to deal with it. So, 
Uh, like uh, how how do you fix that? So it's called a map and a compass. Exactly. You can't. You but well, you can't fix the actual technology. You just have to deal with what happens. So the, the bottom line is, you can hear our voice. We can hear yours if you call us up at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. 877-996-1420. And we will discuss a variety of topics uh, over the course of the night tonight. Excuse me, because, you know, as usual, we have trouble connecting with guests as well. Because why not have more problems? But we will be joined uh, in the bottom of this hour at, at around 1030 by Anna Hill. You know her as Paranormal Anna. We had her on a few weeks ago where we discussed her work in the field in general, her work in, in paranormal research, her work in... Uh, you know, just writing about the paranormal and, and exposing uh, some of the falsehoods that are out there. And, of course, paranormal unity we talked about as well. The, right. The quote-unquote parounity that people are pushing. Uh, but tonight we're going to talk about something different. It's a new venture that she's undertaking. Uh, and, and I'll let her explain it more in depth. But basically, have you ever used one of those ghost apps on your phone? I know that being paranormal researchers out there, a lot of you would never use one because you're just so against them. But for those who have, uh, or those who haven't, these apps are, uh, you basically take a photo with your camera, and they allow you to insert a ghost into the picture. It's just a stupid little thing that people do for fun. Right. That ghost app, you're not talking the one where you use it as an EMF detector. No, there's no no, ghost photo apps. You add a picture of a ghost into an already existing photo. So I think I downloaded one once, like the most popular one, to see if I could debunk um, somebody's photo that they had sent me because they swore it was real. So I wanted to see, like on the most popular app, which one somebody would go and choose first, um, if it was something that people... You know, that that's the one they chose. They they picked the picture and they stuck it in there. And I think it took me a while, like, downloading. I can't tell you how many I downloaded. There's so many out there. But I finally found it. So um, I know Anna's going to talk tonight about if she started, um, I, I mean, she delved pretty deep into her research, too, looking for the actual pictures of people. Right. That means that... For the for those who use it, for those who end up encountering these in terms of research, it's very frustrating because we tell people it's a ghost app. We know it's a ghost app. We've seen that face. We've seen that ghost before in numerous other pictures. Stop or trying to like, fool us. It's like it's famous pictures that they're using. Sure, yeah. But on top of it, my favorite part is when people still try to say that it's real no matter how much you and, show them it's not. They fight you hardcore oh, on it. Oh, Yes. And, uh, and and that's something that Anna has done over the years with her. She has a, a Facebook page that she runs where it's you know specifically focused on on uh, supposed anomalous photography. So now, though, we say all the time that we know that's a ghost, but who are these ghosts? Who are these people? Exactly. Because really, you you're being disrespectful by taking. It's one thing if it's a picture of a ghost, you know, from a movie. So you're taking the special effects, you know, that, that thing that comes down the stairs in Poltergeist, or the thing that's down the hallway, you know, that, that like roars at Joe Beth Williams. I'm talking the original Poltergeist kids, the real Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, if you take that and insert it into a photo, well, that's fine. That's somebody's proprietary image because mm-hmm. it's from a movie. However, at least then there's nothing disrespectful about it. When you are putting, a, taking a picture of a real person that existed and doctoring it all up to look scary and spooky and like a zombie or something evil and then putting it in there, you're, you're actually you know, disrespecting the memory of someone. So we'll, we'll talk about, about that a little bit later on with Anna. I also found today, because I thought that this was uh, kind of a, a, lucky, a lucky find. Now, those of you who know me, you know that I have a thing for yard sales. 
Really? No. I'm always going to yard sales. Weird. And I'm always, you know, if I see one, I, I have to stop at it. I get, you know, like we'll be driving down the road and I'll see the sign, you know, yard sale a couple miles away or whatever. And I'll, I'll start like, like a crackhead. I start getting all itchy, you know, start wanting to find that yard sale. You know, we got to go. We got to follow those signs. Do you buy something at every single yard I do not, sale? no. Okay. Uh, but I do have to, I mean, even now I don't even have to stop and look at every single one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just do a drive-by. I'm like, nah, it doesn't really look like my, I judge the yard sale based on where it is mm-hmm. and who I see running it. And that kind of gives me an idea of, eh, I don't think I really want to stop there because I'm just going to be looking at people's old clothes and shoes and That's bed gross. sheets. And I'm not interested in that. Do people really sell that kind of stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. We they sell things that you would think you would never want to buy. But sometimes every once in a while. There's a yard sale that I know is in a fancy neighborhood, and fancy people have fancy junk. Do they? Right, yeah. So when you go into a nice neighborhood, there's probably going to be some pretty nice stuff out there on the front lawn. The catch is, with that, is sometimes those people are so used to paying exorbitant amounts of money for things that they are looking to get exorbitant amounts of money for the right. things they're trying to resell. So they don't understand the concept. I went to a, a few years ago, I went to one in a very ritzy neighborhood, and a woman had everything out on her lawn, and nothing was under $100. Holy crap. Furniture, clocks, everything. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't work that way. I, you know, I said to her, I said, well, do you at least have a square reader or a PayPal here or something that allows you to take credit cards on the spot? No. So you thought someone was just driving around with $400 cash and was going to buy this, yep. you know, this hutch? But yes, they did. So, well, there's an ATM two miles down the road. But so, you know, I, I, I generally try to go to ones that I know that are in nicer neighborhoods. And that happened today. There was one in a, in a nice neighborhood in Fairhaven. It was an estate sale. And the store that I gathered from, it was being run by Marion Antiques. Okay. So what I gathered from what they were saying, the woman had died nine years prior and the house had sat empty all that time. And I don't know what the process was that they were waiting for, but they were finally undertaking the process of selling all of the goods that are in this house. Maybe somebody's buying the house or, or maybe they're tearing it down, building a new one. I don't know. But they had to get everything out of the house. So they're the ones that are conducting the sale. And when I walked in there, it was as if this woman, she must have been very elderly when she passed, and these were all things that she had collected. I would say she probably bought the last piece of furniture in like 1930 or 40. Wow. And everything since then. There was a television, one television in the house. I don't know if maybe somebody beat me to any other TVs that were there. Uh, but there was one television that was a solid state, you know, like 1950s tabletop television. And I would have bought it if I had bothered to plug it in and see if it worked. But... There was a lot of books, tons of books everywhere, mm-hmm. and tons of stuff to do with cats because the woman is apparently a big well, cat that's just fan. Perfect. And so, just all these little weird trinkets and, and things that you know you wouldn't normally think about, and then you're thinking, "Gee, you know, I, this is almost like it's a piece of history in here. It's almost like, you know, it is being run by Marion Antiques. These are antiques. These mm-hmm. aren't just uh, the things that somebody had laying around their house." So, um, I'm going over everything. I probably spent a good hour in the house wandering around. And there's a lot of people coming in and out. And I just so happened to find in the corner. You going to show us? A Treasury of New England Folklore. Interesting. Now, this is a giant book. Yes, it is. Edited by B.A. Botkin. And, you know, it's, it's from 1989. Mm-hmm. And this is the 1989 edition. But there's lots of stories, including when you open up the, the index in the front, the table of contents. 
you know, you have the whole section about the Yankees' reputation and all this stuff. So, you know, stories that give you an idea of what New England people are like. Then the next section, Chapter 2, is called Local Characters. And the first section of that, ghosts. Perfect. Stories about ghosts. That's awesome. So, and it's got all kinds of other folklore. Witch stories, stories about the devil. Wow. uh, Just different uh, Yankee proverbs and the meanings behind them. So I was like, oh, this is a really good find. And all the books were a dollar. Even better. I will take that for a dollar. And maybe later on tonight, we'll delve into that a little bit on the show. But What else do we have? I also like to buy old books. Now, years ago, my wife and I had a little side business going on where we would go out to yard sales and we would purchase stuff and then turn it over for profit on the internet. Now everybody does that. Mm-hmm. But when we were doing it in 2003, 2004, not a lot of people were doing it. So uh, I had my first pickup truck and I used to go out and I used to like make an offer on whole yard sales. That's what I used to do. I'd like go and be like, how much for everything? How much for all the books? I don't want just one book. I want all, how much for all the books? And that's the way that I would do it. I'd load the truck up and we would just throw it in storage and take out what we could and what we thought was going to sell. And we found some amazing finds over the years, uh, a lot of which were books. We found a, a 1902 finished Bible once mm-hmm. that we got in a box of other books. That I think we sold it for like $65. Oh. Uh, I found another book, uh, you know, the, um, the movie Birth of a Nation, one of the first films ever. Uh, came out in 1914, I believe. That was based on the book The Klansman by D.W. Griffith. Was he the writer or was he the filmmaker? I don't remember. Um, but anyway, the, the book... It's the original book, The Klansman, the first edition. It's not in great shape, so I look it up online. It's worth about $100, and I, ba- I paid $2 for it. So, okay, you know, that one will hold on to, things like that. So I'm always looking at the old books. This one caught my eye just because of the subject matter of what it was and the fact that it looks so old, and I thought my son would be interested in it because he's interested in kind of some antique stuff. I didn't mean to knock your phone down. I say, if you do, we're off broadcast. <laughs> But this is a book, Grimm's Household Fairy Tales Illustrated. So I open it up, and the first thing I see inside is an inscription. Uh, and I can't make out the names. It looks like uh, James Sherman from Nellie, Christmas 1890. That's crazy. So this book was given as a gift, Christmas of 1890. There's no publishing date inside of it, so it's obviously older than that, or you know, at least the same year. Uh, but it's got all the stories in it that you would expect to see in Grimm's Fairy Tales, and even some that I'd never heard of. And what's interesting about this is it is illustrated, so you do have some of the photos, but these stories have not passed through the filter of political correctness. These stories have not been changed to reflect the way that society is today. These are the... Uh, Grimm's fairy tales, the way they were originally told 120 years ago, 125 years ago. So these are all in there as well. I'm, I'm, and some of these I've never heard of. Some of them, you know, you recognize or you might know from a different name. Uh, but I, I'm very interested in getting into this and, and digging into it. So maybe we'll read one of those. Well, Nicole just said, tell tonight. us a bedtime story, Tim. So. Well, I was thinking. That's what I was thinking is that by the end of the night, maybe we'll get into a couple of these stories and they can serve as a bedtime story. Or maybe you're sitting outside, you have a fire going, a bonfire going, you get your fire pit a lit, and you're sitting around it enjoying some adult beverages. Well, we'll tell you a campfire story. I'm getting into this now because of 
ghost stories and New England legends. So why are you shaking your head like that? Because I'm not going to sleep tonight. Uh, they're not going to be scary stories. Listen, they're fairy tales. You brought antique books signed by God knows who into the studio with that me here. That house was haunted, by the way. Of course. I can tell you that for sure so, that that house was haunted. Let me tell you. You walked into that place for a reason. I am sure anybody will agree with me. Call in right now. Well, don't call in right I'm now because right. we have Anna. On the oh, it's line. okay. But you can call but in later. Call in later and tell me how right I am. You walk into a, obviously, God only knows what they were doing with this house if she died nine years before that. So, okay, it's haunted. Now you have books that are signed with two people's names that you just read out loud. You don't think that has an effect on anybody that might be sensitive to spirits in this room? Well, you let me know later on when we share some of the stories if they're here listening. Uh, but right now we'll, right. we'll go to on the line. We have our guest tonight, Anna Hill. You know her as Paranormal Anna on, on Twitter and social media. And, and hello, Anna. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing spectacular and great to talk to you again. And I know it's only been a few weeks since you were on the show, but when I saw this project that you're undertaking, no pun intended, I said we have to get you on to talk about this because – it's something that I, f- I feel like we should have probably thought of uh, quite a few years ago and that yeah. I can't believe it took this long for somebody to take the initiative, but I'm glad that it was you that did so. And, and let everybody out there know exactly what it is that you're trying to do. Okay. Well, I guess a good place to start is kind of what prompted me to do this in the first place because I've been running a Facebook page called Ghost App Ghost on Facebook. I think it's going on two years now, which has been quite the the pun intended undertaking. Um, it, you know, it's a lot of work trying to keep up to date because there are apps being put out daily by different developers that have new ghosts. So it's almost completely impossible to keep up with all of these because there's so many little cheap apps that are out there that, I mean, because when you, when you look on like, um, Play Store or any of these, um, on, on Android or Apple, you, you'll find a never ending list of these ghost apps. And each ghost app probably has, I don't know, 20, 30 ghosts on each one. So it's, it's quite a chore. But um, what got me kind of thinking about this idea here um, is that there was, a, there was a picture that was going around. It's kind of gone viral in the last couple of days. It was actually posted last year. But um, in the last couple of days, I'd say it probably has had 10,000 shares on it. But it's a wow. picture of an empty hospital room and and there's a very faint nurse in the background and of course you know i'm sure tim you get the same thing when when you're into the paranormal everybody will put the same repeating viral pictures up asking your opinion and i kept getting this picture and on ghost app ghost people will post different um photos trying to find out from me if if i think it's an app and and 99 percent of the time i say yes and so I started looking at this picture, and all of a sudden I realized I had I recognized the nurse that was in the picture. And I started researching, so I just threw something up on my page asking if anybody else had seen it, and, and this thought came into my head. I, I found the actual picture of the, of the real nurse, and I thought, my goodness, this is a real woman. This isn't some, um, like you were talking about earlier, it's not like something off Poltergeist or The Exorcist or anything. This is a real woman. So I started researching using Google Image Search, and we found out that that nurse is actually Georgina Pope. She was a World War I nurse. Um, she was one of four nurses that were sent over during the World War to Africa, to South Africa, to actually care for people. And I just started thinking about it. I was like, man, this is, this is really kind of 
Creddy because, I mean, even though World War One was, you know, it's quite some time ago, I'm sure she has relatives that are living that may come across these images that, and it might upset them. Sure. Well, and so that's kind of how it started. Now, uh, are these apps free or are people paying for them? Some of them you do have to pay for them. Um, it's more like you, when you download a ghost app, most of the images are free, but then like the premium, you'll get premium content if you buy it for like a dollar ninety nine or whatever, and then it'll unlock ghosts that um, uh, the free users can't use. So they're a little bit more advanced or a little bit more, um, I don't want to say realistic looking, because for me, they're. I mean, what does a ghost really look like? Nobody really knows. Right. But um, yeah, the, the, some people are paying for them though, because I have seen ghosts being used that are are ones that have to be unlocked. But the free apps, uh, even even the ones that are free and people that are using it free, they're probably ad-supported. So the people who are making these apps are, are making money, and, and they're making money off the images of uh, the likenesses of these people without any um, money going back to the families. Definitely. They're, when you when you click a picture, usually a screen will pop up that you have to exit out of that is usually it will either advertise for another app or something of the sort usually it's a another game or something so i don't know how exactly that works but yeah i I think i posed that on my facebook asking boy wouldn't it be nice if the families of these people got royalties every time somebody used it Um, one of the very popular ones that i'm trying really hard to identify um everybody knows her as the dear cam ghost girl she's this little girl um wearing a plaid dress and she showed up in 2010 wearing a plaid dress. She was identified at that time as a Native American little girl, but she's actually, um, I don't know, she, she's a little Caucasian little girl, but she's probably the most well-known ghost app ghost that's out there. And I have researched her, and you can only go as far back as you can find on the Internet, and she came up um, a few years ago. I don't know. It's some scrapbooking thing for Victorian children. But, you know, I'd love to put a name with her and find out who she is and put her history out there. That way people will start identifying that while this is a game and a prank to most people, to somebody else, these people's family could be out there and they could be seeing them being used as ghosts over and over again. And I've lost my parents. I wouldn't want them to be part of a legend of some building somewhere, um, you know, because they died or something and then somebody put a ghost out there and it's not even who they are and just kind of, spreading a misconception or lie because a lot of the times when you see these ghost apps people are trying to attach a a story to it well i mean it's kind of a double-edged story though because you know the people who develop these apps would say listen these images that we're taking we're taking out of the public domain so if if they're photographs from before i think it's 1923 or whatever they they won't have copyrights anyway uh so they're grabbing them from there and then the other issue is they're going to say well why should we have to give royalties or give any kind of uh credence to the original people who are in these photos when paranormal investigators are out there selling tour tickets or or television shows or or filming episodes and people are making money off these legends without giving any kind of uh, retribution to the families that are involved in those either right and i agree with you and i think that most of these app developers they're not even thinking about the paranormal community they have no attachment to what we're trying to do um just like most of the people that we get these pictures from there they have no attachment to the paranormal community whatsoever they're just pranking somebody and trying to have a good time and you know i i think most of the time i don't think anybody 
means something maliciously. I think they're just playing around. But what happens is they get put on Facebook, and then they're spread around, and then all of a sudden you've got, like in this case with the nurse, 10,000 people who really believe that this is what a real ghost looks like. And then here we are trying to do the research and say, no, 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 that's that's not correct. This is definitely a fake image. Um, But I just think it's nice, though, if we can, since we see this face all the time, we see this nurse all the time, we see this um, deer cam girl, it would just be nice to put a name with them and, you know, give them a little bit of history out there. I, I, I mean, Georgina Pope, if people were to research her, they would see that she, I mean, it's a real historical figure. Um, you know, she deserves respect. She she did a lot for our country. She did a lot for um, Canada. She was a Canadian nurse, um, you know, and it would just kind of kind of be nice to not just spread around a, a ghost image, but spread around a little history about her, too. Absolutely. And, Stephanie, I'll ask you this because, you know, being, being a medium and, and having the ability to kind of tap into these things, do you get the feeling that maybe... Uh, in putting these images out there all the time and claiming them to be a ghost, do you feel like we're going to start almost making this into into a thought form where these figures will start showing up in people's pictures without them being inserted in there? Is that possible? I mean, I don't know that all the answers, but why can't it be possible, especially where, like, ur- urban legends come to life? Um how many times have we been to an investigation and we've heard, oh, you know, this this story went around and all of a sudden it started happening. So, I mean, it can happen, but at the same time, my thought while we were talking about this is those people that are in those pictures might feel disrespected too. So what will stop them from, you know, kind of poking around at the people that are using their picture for fun? That's true. Yeah, so it's certainly a possibility. I mean, Anna, you know how many people uh, have you seen? I mean, obviously, a lot of these photos are coming to you from people that are trying to pull something off, or you know, the the shady investigators who put up ghost app pictures and try to claim it as as real, legitimate uh, proof of life after death. So you, you probably have to deal with a lot of those. And I know what right. the reaction is when you try when you try and point out to some of these people that no, that's a ghost app ghost, and they get extremely defensive. Yeah, you've seen firsthand. Uh, some of them, you know, they get pretty hostile. Um, you know, the 16-year-old that's using a ghost app that's out there trying to fool his friends, I am not upset with those people. I do get upset when teams, um, especially teams who claim to use scientific method, claim a ghost app as a real ghost, and we will sit there and show them, look, this is this is a ghost app. I can show you why. I'll even ask them to have the original so I can examine the EXIF data because every photo has what's called metadata. You can check to see what camera was used, if flash was fired, if any other additional programs were used on it. Um, you know, I will analyze it and give a full analysis of their photo just so I can explain to him, them, about about their photo and, and why I believe um, it's, it's a, I don't want to say fraud, because I think sometimes teams will get a picture sent to them um, and they will buy it for whatever it is. But if you if you use scientific method, why aren't you trying to learn what metadata is, what EXIF data is, um, and use what you're claiming, which is scientific method, to try to debunk the photo? And they're I, giving you all that info right there. You don't, you know, you don't have to mm-hmm. do the work. You just have to learn how to interpret it. Right. And one of the things, too, like, I, I went pretty hard on this nurse photo. I mean, I, I as you know, I wrote an article about it. I um, put Georgina Pope's information on my blog out there and um, just the side-by-side of the app with the real photos. I think I got, like, five photos so far that I've done um, to put on this 
thread of thousands and thousands of comments on this photo of people saying, oh, my God, that's a real nurse. I, I'm not trying to convince the lady who posted the picture that this is ghost app because, to me, that's a lost cause. But for the thousands of people that are commenting, every once in a while you get somebody who actually really wants to know, is this, is this proof of ghost? And I'll put the data out for them. I'll put the information out, for, you know, just so they can learn. Um, some people are a lost cause. It, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. They really want to believe, and they're not going to listen to anything else. And I'm not trying to push my thoughts on them. But for the ones that are willing to learn and really want answers, that's what I want to put the information out for is people that are really trying. I think it's a great idea and something that nobody's thought of yet either. Um, I'll be completely honest, there's some of those ghost apps or at least people that use them that are so good at using them that sometimes I have to question, is this real or is this not? So I think coming up with a, a database look, like what you're doing is great for people that are looking for legitimate answers and are looking for the right way to do things. Yeah, and it, it is, I'm going to tell you, it is probably the hardest project I've worked on so far. I'm sure. Um, just in the couple days that I, I was researching the nurse, um, man, it, it seems like it would be really easy to put a picture in Google and find it. But the thing is, is when you get something in an app form, when you put it into Google Images, it will find the closest to whatever that image is. So in this case, usually they don't have legs. Their faces are distorted. Right. They're see-through. They're in an abstract background, not like the original photo, which is a completely black and white, and it's a kind of a calm picture. It will only search out that abstracted image, not the original image. So I literally have to generically Google 1800s nurse, 19th century nurse, World War One nurse. I'm trying to identify a soldier right now that I can't tell. Um, I can tell his uniform is World War One, but I can't tell if he's from France, um, if he's a Jewish soldier, if he's from Germany. I have no idea where he's from. And I'm having to look like at the lapels of his jacket. I mean, it's really an undertaking. It's not just going out and throwing this into a search engine and hoping that the image comes back. That hasn't happened yet. I've, I've been working on this for over a week, and I've managed to get five images, and um, that's about as close as I'm Well, that's and, still phenomenal yeah. that you made it that right. far in, in that amount of time. And, and I think the, you know, people will start to come forward uh, when they realize what you're doing and say, okay, well, you know, I've come across this in my research, or this person is part of my lineage. Uh, the question that I have, though, is a lot of researchers and investigators out there have, have put out the call that these apps need to be taken down from the Google Play Store or the uh, the Android uh, the um, iOS store you know you, you can't have you can't have these out there because they're doing a disservice and I don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon they're not going to get rid of these because they have become so popular and they do download them quite frequently to me that's not going to happen just like you just said it's going to be impossible to ask these developers who are making money off this to stop doing what they're doing. To me, the only thing that we can do, people like ourselves that are in the paranormal community, is educate each other. If one person puts out some information that proves one way or the other, kind of like the research I'm doing with these, um, the names of, of the ghost app people, um, share the information, get together. Like right now, I'm hoping I can get anybody out there that's willing to help me out. I'll give full credit to whoever finds information. I just want to put the information out there where it's easily searchable, where if people look these um, ghost steps up. Uh, however, 
um, that they'll be able to find the information. There's a really good website out there right now. It's called bustthatghost.com, and you can go in there and you can generically search. Like if it's a nurse, you can just put in the word nurse or soldier, and it will pull up every ghost app that looks like that description. Or if you put in zombie, you'll probably get 50 different zombies, but at least it puts everything in a neat form where anybody can search it. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think that we're ever going to get developers to quit making them. The, the best thing is education and knowledge. i got a question. Why not see if we can get them to be forced to put a watermark in with them, if you know an electronic watermark, earmarking them as being an app? I don't think they'll do that because I think that would de- defeat the purpose of what they're trying to do, and that's to pull a prank. If there's a right. watermark, I think it's going to be um, harder for people to fool each other because, I mean, that's that's exactly what they're meant to do is to deceive people, but not in a malicious way. And fortunately, the developers don't care. They really don't. I mean, no. it's – and I find that with a lot of um, – a lot of these apps that are being used for, for paranormal research that might not be made for them, I find that they're actually, you know, they, they get very belligerent when you uh, contact them and say, listen, this is kind of causing some negative backlash here, some negative feedback from people. And, and then that's just, it's such a small portion of the community because for those who are interested in, in this program and interested in this topic, it is such a large part of your lives that you don't realize what a small percentage uh, the interest in paranormal is uh, in society as a whole. Right. And one of the things I think that we can do is, as individuals and as teams is quit sharing these photos. Quit every time like we get like one of these really too-good-to-be-true ghost photos, don't be so quick to share them. I know that that's what people want. I know that's what brings the likes to the page. People don't care about the research as much as they do. They just, they're going on ghost team pages to see pictures of ghosts. I know when I was with my team, People were like, God, you guys never post ghost pictures. And I'm like, because we don't have any. I mean, you know, I, we could share what other people are sharing, but I don't want to be attached to something that turns out to be a fake picture, you know. Um, I think that we have a responsibility as people who put themselves out there as paranormal investigators because whether or not we in the, the community itself know that we're not certified to do this, that we're just people, this is kind of like a really cool hobby we have. People that are out there on the outside looking in think that we're professionals. They think that we have degrees in this or special training to, to make the determination if something's paranormal or not. Well, I will, I will tell you that earlier today I briefly, momentarily got wrapped up in somebody else's, I'm going to use the word, and I hate the word, paradrama. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, I got wrapped up in something, just, you know, the, the car crash effect where you just can't look away uh, of somebody who decided to go online and, and stream a video where they were calling out uh, somebody for something and blasting all their haters and, you know, talking about their, their uh, how many different, um, quote unquote, radio shows they go on every week. Uh, and, and just, it made me think that. There has to be some kind of standard <laughs> for this field. And I, I use feel and I hate that word too. But there has to be some kind of standard for those who research this topic because it's gotten to the point where, you know, not everybody can just knock on your door and claim to be a plumber. 
Not everybody can just knock on your door and claim to be an electrician. There's regulations for that. There's licensing for that. Uh, you know, you know that when you need to get your car fixed, you can either take it down to the to the mechanic and you know pay a little bit more money, or you can pay the guy down the street a little bit less money, but he's probably not as reliable and, and not going to back it up. So we need to have more people uh, that are. I don't want to say watchdogs because that brings in a negative connotation, but we just need to educate the public more about what they should be looking for and those they allow into their homes and businesses to conduct these investigations. Because, man, some of these people, I wouldn't even let them in my house. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I'm trying to promote. I, sometimes people misunderstand what my goal is. They think that I'm calling out people who post orbs or whatever, whatever things get on my nerves, nor, uh, norbs. Orbs really get on my nerves, but I'm not going to call other people out for it. (laughs) I will put out educational material about it, but, you know, I'm not caught up in what other people are doing unless they are deliberately trying to hurt other people. If they're doing things that are deceiving to others, if they're lying, if they're um, lying about their credentials, if they're lying about um, a piece of equipment that they've made that doesn't do what they say it does, um... You know, just generally, like, taking advantage of people, then, yes, I will have no problem calling somebody out for those type of things. Um, people have to understand that everybody has a different idea about what's paranormal and what's not paranormal, just like, um, you know, like the mediums and all that stuff. I have no problem with people who are mediums. I, I really don't because I'm, I don't have the abilities that they have. I don't see what they see. I don't feel what they feel. So I don't feel that I have the proper tools to debunk them. But when you're putting out a ghost app, then yes, I can tell you for sure with proof that yes, what you have put out is most definitely a ghost app. Those are the type of things to me that need to be brought out to the forefront. And hopefully if enough people start to do the same thing and demand standards, you know, to get people to put out quality, maybe it'll stop. Maybe the ghost stories will quit being the most popular thing, and people that are trying to do the right thing will start coming forward. That way we can get some kind of standard going. It's scary, though. It's scary that all you have to do is is you can be a hack and just buy yourself some uh, some proper Facebook marketing, and the next thing you know, you've got a half a million followers that are defending your every move, and, and people that are trying to call out the BS uh, end up getting attacked for it. And, and we've seen it happen over the last few weeks. I'm not going to mention his name because I've already given him enough plugs over the last couple of weeks, but you know, we've seen that happen with some of the, uh, the supposed spirit communication that's been going on. Yeah, and, and for me, and you know I'm on the exact same page as you. I think I've had the same battle as you. Um, those type of issues are ethical. Those are something I will most definitely always stick up for the living and for the dead. If I feel that you're doing something that's ethically harmful to the living or the deceased, I will definitely take a stand against you, whether you have 100 followers or a million followers. It doesn't matter. Um I, I, I don't know. I'm with you. I won't even get into that because I've talked so much about it. Right. But um, anyway, <laughs> well, we've, we've just seen what can happen if, if people aren't willing to uh, be educated when they go into it, and they're they're looking for somebody else to tell them and to to prove to them and and to give them everything that they need coming in, and and that's no way to there's no way to educate yourself and no way to learn. Right. And we have enough groups out there that are talking about what could be paranormal. I think it's time that we have some groups out there that are showing what might not be paranormal. And that's what I try to do. I have another group. It's 
Paranormal Dustbusters and Truth Seekers. It's a group on Facebook, and that's pretty much all I do is put up a photo that's going around that's going viral. I mean, I won't out somebody. I won't make them feel stupid for putting something out there. But if it's if it's a public photo and it's being passed around quite frequently, I'll put it up there and I'll let people look at it and kind of analyze it and, and take it apart and, and see what they think. A lot of the times it's hair, a camera sh- a strap or smoke or, you know, dust orbs, of course, or breath or snow or rain or whatever. And, you know, people are really receptive to it. Every once in a while we get somebody who thinks that we're out there just trying to disprove the paranormal, and that's not what we're trying to do. We're just trying to give people tools to become critical thinkers, to start looking at things they probably wouldn't look at before they got into our group. Well, we appreciate it. Now, why don't you let everybody know what your blog uh, web address is so they can check it out and they can follow along with it and help out. So it's um, paranormalanna.blogspot.com, and if you do happen to run across any kind of um, ghost app that you think that you can identify as a real person, just hit me up at paranormalanna at gmail.com, and I will really appreciate it, and I will give you full credit. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Anna Hill, for joining us, Paranormal Anna, and uh, we look forward to people helping you and, and seeing more of these ghost app ghosts identified. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great night. You too. And, uh, of course, you can, again, check her out, uh, Paranormal Anna, two N's in Anna. And you can find her on Twitter, Facebook, find her blog. Really, one of my favorite people to interact with uh, on a daily basis because she's somebody who I can say, well, you know, she gets it. She doesn't right. get wrapped up in the egos that are involved in it. She doesn't get wrapped up in all the... Egos the, in the paranormal? Here's the thing. Some people have deserved egos. Some people have put in the legwork and the years to have an ego. Uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, somebody like Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Auerbach, okay, he has a little bit of an ego. I think we all kind of agree with that. And good chocolate. But he's been doing this long enough that he's earned that right. I'm talking about the egos that you see from people that are, you know, it says, uh, they have a Facebook page that says born, and it was like four months ago. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You know, they, they have a, right. a paranormal group that uh, was incorporated, you know, three weeks ago and then not really incorporated, of course, because that would involve actually... Founded you know, is the word you're looking for? You know, no, not even founded. Just we decided we're going to be a group. You know, that's the most organizational structure that they have. That and, and Besides the matching T-shirts? The, the T-shirts are the first step. You have to get the... Well, first you get the Facebook page and you get the T-shirts. Then you go on one <laughs> investigation... And then you start running events, right? Is that how it works? Um, I, I say skip the investigation and go straight to the event. That's usually how it goes. I could do that. I could do that. Usually, you, mean, you mean... Usually those people have zero investigations under their belt, but they say that they've been doing it for a collective 30 years. That's what's amazing to me. And Moni, you've probably dealt with this quite a bit, because you've been doing this since you were a teenager. Yeah. So for you to say that you have what's probably what thirty years now experience close to yeah. so for you to say that you know we're gonna out your age right now <laughs> it's because you got started in this when you were a teenager and you were working with Maurice your your mentor yeah. and 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 shadowing yeah. along at a young age right and he worked with people from the Ryan Institute and stuff like that yeah I learned from the people that really did it for real and serious yes but it's amazing to me that somebody was telling me that oh, well i've got 35 years experience in the paranormal well you're 39 though 
You know, so <laughs> what are you counting when the... I mean, I can say I have 27 years experience as a medium. I literally do. But I tell everybody I've been doing this professionally for more than 10 years because that's more believable since I was a teenager. I've been working and doing this. But I never look at people and go, oh, I've been working professionally for 27 years. And I still hold true to the idea. People argue with me about it and they fight with me about it. But I hold hold true to the notion that innovation can trump experience. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't matter if you've been doing this for 30 years, if you've been doing the same thing. I and, agree with and that. And getting the same result for 30 years, if somebody else is going to come along and find a way to advance the conversation. So somebody who is just coming new on the scene, who has never really been involved, but has an idea of something that they can apply to paranormal research, and it works, I'm all for that. You know, we can look at somebody like Frank Sumption for that, Mm -hmm. even though he didn't create the boxes for that. But he wasn't a ghost hunter. He wasn't a paranormal investigator. He wasn't trying to communicate with the dead. He was building these boxes because he felt like he was being driven to by something else. And and that became something that all of a sudden experiences with uh, researchers with years of experience start using. Sometimes innovation can trump experience. And it's not just in the paranormal. It can happen in all kinds of things. No, in everyday life, I think. But at the same time, I say all the time, if you're not constantly learning, then you're just stuck. You know, you you can't be the teacher. You should always be forever the student. I mean, yes, I've, I was born with my gift. I constantly work on it. But I'm also studying with James Van Prague right now because I feel like that's going to further me in my field. In or whatever we want to call it. We don't like the word field. But it's going to further me as a person and in my abilities as well. So I feel like I need to learn, and I always want to learn new things. I'm a nerd anyways. But I feel like even in your everyday job, your everyday life, if you're not constantly trying to better yourself, then you're just stuck. Has has, uh, has Jim Prague asked about me? Uh, yes. Okay. He, he wants to know if you want to be BFFs. I thought we already were. Um, he's got a lot of BFFs. So. He, he really did enjoy his time on the show, though. I he heard, did. I heard back from his people. They said that he enjoyed it. They'd like to come back. So that's, you know, that's, I mean. He's an amazing person. That that was just kind of a, a, a gift to you of, of, that was of my booking Christmas him on gift. the show. It was. <laughs> it, you know, and I just, I still remember the conversation. Like, we need to get to the point where we can ask him to be a guest on the show. And I was like, well, why not now? Right. We're spooky South Coast, damn it. Right. Nobody's it was it was a good time. It was a good night. But he's an amazing person. I just, even, you know, studying with him, I have, you know, the opportunity to talk to him face-to-face and on the phone and everything else. And it's not like, you know, oh, here, just sign up for this lame course. And, you know, it's just robotic. It's, I have James Van Prague right there, you know, right. able it's, to it's, answer my questions at any point in time. It's not like he's giving you a link to his YouTube videos exactly. and you're just watching those. And- right. He's just, he's a genuine great person. I can't wait to have him back on. Well, uh, and and once he does come back on, of course, uh, we'll let people know plenty of time in advance. Yes. Uh, last last time it kind of came together pretty fast. It did. It was so fast. So uh, this time we didn't. Even, we weren't. We weren't even ready. It was psychic it's, September. That's why. So we had to. Which make I don't sure. know if we're going to do again this year because we got some. We got some blowback on that. Well, who cares about the blowback? But we might not be able to do it. Period, because we have so much going on uh, in September and October. So much. I can't. I can't reveal anything just yet. But we've got a lot of stuff coming up on the table. Uh, a lot of different events and, and different um, fun nights that'll be planned. Still working stuff out, both uh, with Legend Trips and also with the station here as right. well. We'll be doing some things, so uh, definitely stay tuned to SpookySouthCoast.com and LegendTrips.com for all that. A week from now, we will not be on the air. We're going to be at the uh, Ventford Hall 
in Lenox, Massachusetts. There still are some limited tickets available for that if you would like to get involved. They're just $99 to come and investigate a gilded mansion, a gilded age mansion, I'm sorry, out in the Berkshires with us and Jeff Belanger, Andrew Lake, uh, Josh uh, Mantello. We're all going to be out there next Saturday night, so you can come on out. Uh, again, tickets are $99. They're available at legendtrips.com. And proceeds go, a portion of all the proceeds go toward helping to maintain historic locations like Ventford Hall. Uh, to date, we have raised over $23,500 to benefit those locations. So we're, you know, we're hoping by the end of the year we'll get up over that $25,000 mark. But to do that, we need your help. Just go to legendtrips.com and purchase your tickets and you can join us there. And you know, this is probably going to be one of the fanciest places that they're ever going to let us into. I think you should dress in like age costume. Like you should, you guys should get all fancy and period period costume. period costume. I don't know about that. Listen, you have me up late. Anything could come out out of my mouth at this point. Uh, you, There's you, no promises. You saw me in a suit the other night. How often does that happen? But I think you should do it again. Listen, I got to. I have to say before we get off the air, have, I think this is the first time I have ever seen you not in a polo. This, this is my workshop. All right, we'll be back after the news here on Spooky South Coast. South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with Stephanie Burke and science advisor Matt Moniz. The silent assassin Matt Costa is off tonight, but uh, we were I was just demonstrating for Periscope people, people watching on the Periscope app, they can follow you. Yes, they can, at Work It Burke. And we're going to work on making sure that w- whichever one of us can actually tweet, we'll get it synced up to the spooky South Coast one as well. Uh, but of course, Once I just... Once we get fancy. I just keep retweeting it, though. That Perfect. works, too. That helps, too. You know... I'm exhausted today. I've been up since 4.30 this morning. Tim, I know you had an early morning, but I've just been sitting here for, I don't know, maybe the past minute wondering why I can't hear you in my headphones. It's because I turned them down. Yeah, I think you are tired then. Yep. (laughs) Time to go home. (laughs) Well, we are broadcasting on WBSM. Uh, Normally, we'd also be broadcasting on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, but that Mercury Retrograde got us again that silly mercury it gets us every time well see last week the problem was the audio wasn't working correctly and the audio was coming off the cameras as opposed to coming off uh the 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 soundboard here which is fine if we're talking amongst ourselves but with having anna hill on in the last hour you know we want to make sure that the people watching on spooky tv can hear the guests that's over the phone so we need to be using that audio the, the the soundboard audio and last week it didn't work this week i thought i'd fixed it so that everything was only going to work with that it wasn't kicking out to the Ustream application correctly. And then when I fixed it and I tried to refresh it, the Internet crashed on that computer. And, and it actually, it locked up on that computer and wouldn't do anything else. I was like, you know what? This is a sign. Yeah, Moving it's on. the Mercury sign. So the good news is Mercury is done as of June 11th. 
So give it like a week or so afterwards to kind of twist back to normal and not have any more problems. Okay. But the good news is I can get on Periscope and I set up headphones so everybody could hear Anna. And they said that they could hear it perfectly. Well, that's that's good. That's that's very um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, paranormal internet hack radio-ish of us to have to do it that way, but I'm glad that- – but people have been begging out. us to use Periscope for and weeks it, now. And it works better than what I was trying to think of earlier of ways to do it. So we'll we'll keep working with it for sure. Uh, and, and we'll definitely find ways to, to make it easier. It'd Social be nice media if, is the way to go. It'd be nice if Periscope could help us out a little bit, make well, it easier we'll for us. But, yeah, yeah. We're just happy they launched the Android version this week, which is, you know, I would think 95% of our audience, because our audience is intelligent, therefore they would know better than to use iPhone. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have to stop broadcasting right now, I'd probably throw my brick of a phone at your your forehead. And That's I have right. really good aim. I'd throw my phone back and it's bigger. But I can duck. That's true. Well, uh, we are talking kind of about the paranormal. And uh, <laughs> we do like to kick around a lot of the different topics. Now, uh, there's, there's a lot of things that we can discuss uh, here, especially knowing that we won't be on next week uh, because of the upcoming Legend Trips event. Which, again, tickets are still available, just a limited few. If you go to legendtrips.com, you can join us next week at Ventford Hall. And we still have tickets uh, for sale as well for Slater Mill on August 1st. We also will have a new event that we're announcing very shortly as well, uh, I think for in September. So you want to get on legendtrips.com and sign up for the mailing list there so you get first crack at tickets. Uh, but uh, we are, you know, so we won't be here in the studio. So we'll examine the Periscope experiment here. We'll see how it works. We'll see how well, we'll try and figure out ways we can do it better. Obviously when Matt Cost is here, he always helps us with anything technological he can figure out for us. So. Yeah, well that's all that fancy webcam, everything else, internet slash I have no idea what's going on over there. But I know my social media. Put your trust in me. This I will not okay. screw up. Alright. Uh well speaking of social this is something that I want to get your thoughts and opinions on, both of you. This should be good. This was announced recently. <laughs> I I don't want to insult the host of the number one overnight radio show in the world. Uh, and a lot of people are going to look at this and say, well, Spooky South Coast, you broadcast on the Dark Matter Radio Network, and therefore you are associated with Art Bell, and we are so honored to be associated with Art Bell, who will be joining the Dark Matter Radio network coming up in july with midnight in the desert and uh, you can go to dark matter radio network's website and find out more about that you can also get it uh streaming on your phone it's it's going to be so easy and they're adding a bunch of terrestrial stations i do not know yet if this station will be carrying the program i haven't talked to management yet but uh i think that uh, you know it's going to just be great to have arpel back on a nightly basis and so people might say well you guys are tied into arpel so you're going to attack george nori but that's that's not the case I'm attacking him because I, I just got a problem with this. George Norrie, Ow. the coast of coast, host of Coast to Coast AM, and his longtime friend and colleague, Mark Rawlings, have created a new website and service called ParanormalDate.com. Oh, my. Okay. It's a paranormal dating service. All right. I thought we already had paranormal dating services. I thought it was called... Yeah, the VIP party at the yeah. cheesy Paracons. Okay. <laughs> or, or paranormal teams, or 
Facebook or you know I thought this was uh but uh this the this is actually it's a dating and friendship site to meet others with okay. similar interests. For everybody periscoping right now, if you can see this website, it looks like a cheesy porn site. Find your match that shares an interest in the paranormal, science, life after death, ghost stories, Bigfoot, UFOs, alternative medicine, and conspiracy theories. Oh, Jesus. So they have some blogs up there. Uh, one about the power of numerology from Glennis McCants, the numbers lady who you hear on Coast to Coast frequently, and psychic dating with Joseph Jacobs, oh, an internationally known psychic. I can see it now. Hi, my name's Squatchy. I'm really hairy. I'd love to go on a date with you or... Okay. Oh, my God. I think I just saw a picture pop up of somebody that I recognized. See, I just, I assume these were stock images, that they weren't using actual profile pictures. No, they really are. Tell me that's not true. Let me wait. No, because they're cycling through. So let me just see real quick and see if it's actually, nope. It's nope, free to join, Tim. I think we should join. Well, that's what I'm thinking right now. We should sign up as okay. Spooky South Coast, or we could be Squatchy. So am I a woman looking for a man, or am I a man looking for a woman? Obviously, I'm going to be a man looking for a woman. Yeah, let's go on the creepy side. We're the dude. <laughs> or I could be looking for a man or a woman, apparently. Why can't we be a squatch? All right, what's my date of birth? Yeah, it's not right, a female squatch. My, it's got to be squatchy. The, right the right squatch. now, like, if Nori's listening, he's like, stop screwing with my website. Well, we have to see the fundamentals of how it works. What's my first name? I'll use my real squatchy. name. Squatchy. No, no, no. Tim. See what happens. Oh, i got to put in my email address. There you go. Squatchy at Squatch.com. I want to put it in as, as the Spooky South Coast address. Just because. Oh, no, I got to put in a password. Uh, Nori knows my password now. You have to hit continue. I did. No, you didn't. I did. <laughs> Except in continue, I'm not even going to read the terms of service. That's, that's... Can you imagine? Terms of service. Uh, We're giving out let's... your address to everyone. Click OK. Yeah, I'm skipping all these steps. It lets you skip the steps about yourself? It does. You don't have to put in anything about yourself. That's crazy. That's super creepy. Okay. It's for the psychic. To get your free introduction, you need to complete... That's how they get you to... You need to actually upload your photo, and you need to describe yourself. Okay, so you can't skip everything. But it says recently sent introductions, and it's the same two. two people, so I can't refresh it and keep seeing other ones pop up. All right, this has already gone way too much into... Way beyond what I wanted to do. Why is it pink? I don't know. Everything is pink. I'm trying to see uh, what what you actually pay for when you... You have to pay for it? When you first join us, you become a free member. As a free member, you can create a profile, add a photo, search for people by state, create your favorite list, and then send unlimited winks. You'll also receive an email if someone adds you as one of their favorites, winks at you, or sends you a message. If you decide to become a full member... You will also be able to send and receive private messages, chat online with Instant Messenger, see who's viewed your profile, add multiple photos to your profile, create and read dating diaries, and create and watch video profiles. So you can go to the upgrade page. Let's see how much the up... Oh, it says that I can't process my request, probably because I didn't make a free account. But anyway. Nicole suggested that we put that we like horror flicks, seances, incubus, and succubus interaction, and no ghost sex on the first date. Uh, I won't get anybody fun with that. No. Nope. It was good right up until the last one. So so they suck you into paying a psychic to tell you who your match is, bottom line. Well, it doesn't say, but that's the thing. Is it's, I don't think that they use the psychic at all. 
I mean, hey, if you want to, I'm available. I'll do no, it. I don't think that's what they do. I think <laughs> it's just a place to meet and connect. It's really creepy. It's like, let's put this it's basically it's you know i can see it now people are going to claim to be extraterrestrials and everything else and make up profiles and because oh, it, it, it says you are not alone so i would assume people that legitimately think and i'm sure you can think of at least one person that i'm thinking of at the top of my head that will go on there and say that they they regularly get probed and they have alien yeah. interaction and they're looking for somebody else that does that so this is going to be weird. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's there's no type of. I can't believe this exists. By looking at this, there's there's nothing that I can see that indicates that there is a a matching algorithm. But there's well, nothing that puts be. them together. It's going to so be just it's a just like pool plenty of, of fish. Or any well, of those I think all sites. of those have some sort of algorithm, like they match you with your best match type thing. Like Match.com is, you know, the most popular, but they all have, you know, some sort of matching type, you know, program. But just working looking in the for background. similar things, like that similar interests, yeah. things like that. Like it matches you up with someone. But I mean, being interested in the paranormal is a pretty specific topic. So wait, basically, what we're saying is that website is the brand new paranormal social media. Right. You're essentially paying for the same thing you could do on Facebook. Yes. Maybe we should encourage it. And that way Facebook become a little bit more Cleaner. reasonable. <laughs> but, I won't have to look at that crap daily. No, you still will. <sighs> because there's another outlet for that crap to but be then posted. then you and I would have to join the Paranormal Date site in Just order so we to would, even get to, a laugh. To continue our conversations yes. that we have every day. But here's here's the thing. Here's my issue with it. How do you feel about George Nori being involved in something like this? I don't know too much about him. I know that might sound ignorant to some people, but I don't. Well, we're I, looking, I mean, well, okay. What do you me, mean? Well, well, because, she doesn't, because she doesn't know George Norrie, let me put this in perspective that Stephanie can understand. Because she thinks that I'm the greatest voice in the Duh. paranormal. She thinks that like I am the number one talk show host in the genre. So this would be like if I created ParanormalDate.com. Okay, but I am not the only one that thinks that you are. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Thank you very much. I'm just teasing. But no, this is, I mean, this is somebody who is, um, for better or worse, one of the leading voices in the field. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I, he's... I do know that much, but... But he inherited it. Well, I mean, I don't want to get into to the job that he does. I'm just, I'm just moving this into the point of view that uh, a lot of people feel that it's become... An overexposed angle on coast to coast as opposed to a subject matter that's treated with respect. It's kind of a money grab to some degree. And I'm not trashing George and I'm not trashing the show, but I'm just saying I've been on the show. I enjoyed my time on there being interviewed by George. Love to go back. Uh, but what I'm saying is that it's a matter of this is. <laughs> It seems to me like this is exploitation of the fact that people that are interested in the subject matter and people that listen to a show overnight are lonely. And and putting it, I, I don't know, I just, I don't know why it, sits, it doesn't sit right with me, but it doesn't. Well, think of it in terms of if you and I started this website, we wouldn't have started it for any other reason but the money. Why? You don't we- feel like there could be an altruistic 
Um, Do you really feel in your heart of hearts that you want to help paranormal? Well, no, because you worked with a company that makes other dating websites. Okay, so that's definitely a money thing. She's right. Listen, not, I want, not that it's, I mean, I'm not knocking them for doing it. I'm sure some people are thinking, like, why the hell didn't I think of that myself? But right. um, I think it's it's just another task to take on. It's just another job to take on. I don't think he's doing it out of the kindness of his heart. I don't think anybody would. I think people would be like, I want to start a dating website, just like the person that started Match.com. I want to start a dating website to make money based on other people's wants and needs. Everybody wants to be in love. Everybody wants to be happy. So it's kind of just one of those things. It's just a smaller niche to kind of... Yeah, but I think those sites, you know, they they may grab a little bit of money, and most of them are free, but I think they make major oh, part no. of their money on their advertising. You can sign up for free, and it's like a seven-day trial. No, but there are still some that are absolutely free with no membership, you know. Like yeah. uh, like I said, Plenty of Fish. That That's one that's free. Yeah, but how much do you really get off Plenty of Fish? You know what I mean? Because it is a, like a free type of thing. You want to pay to get those people that are i guess if you're paying you may seem to some that you are more serious than others okay what Um, about tinder tinder is just a social media way of doing it social media and actual websites are two totally different things and people view them totally different um so tinder is just it's it's a smartphone app so it's easier for people where match.com you're really going to sit in front of a laptop and kind of Fill out all kinds of information. Yeah. And it's designed to match you. Tinder's kind of like Snapchat. It's, you know. Snapchat, I know. Tinder, I've never seen. Tinder, I know of. I, I will not go I haven't on d- it. seen either, so. Um, but Snapchat, same thing. Like, you're just sending. You can send out any picture that you want, and it'll disappear after how long that you save Well, them. don't be so well, sure, because you can save them. You there's, can save them, but you'll get, an, you'll get a notification that somebody screenshot it. So, I, I mean, nothing ever that goes out into the world ever disappears forever, but it's the idea behind it. Except Jimmy Hoffa. So, and D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Um, but here's, here's the, the other question about this. I mean, George's involvement aside, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the fact that ParanormalDate.com even exists, that paranormal people are using a dating service to meet one another? I think it's strange. I think they can use Facebook for the same thing and not pay for it. See, I don't. all these dating websites that are coming out now, I have a real problem with. It's not just this one. I mean, I have a problem with, uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but the one with it's all farmers. <laughs> farmers only. Yeah. Is that what it's called, farmers only? I, yep. I Like, stupid. You know, like. But why? It's, it's those tiny little groups of people that feel like they can't find there's other hundreds. people like them. Yeah, but there's hundreds of sites like that. There's, uh, uh, I'm I sure heard, there is. There's an STD date site. You know, what? For, yeah. Who the hell does that? For people that already have them? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, maybe they want to. At least it's but... honesty. Well, at least you know they put out. Oh, yeah. Um, there's that, too. But the point <laughs> is you might not want them to. There, there's, peop- there's one for sports fanatics. There's one, you know, whatever. <laughs> Nicole just wrote to us and said, it's so that freaks can meet other freaks of the same caliber. <laughs> You know what it does is it really what it does is it cuts down a lot of the BS time that you have to spend involved in it. Exactly, you're finding people that love the same things that you do, but at the same time, if you think about it that way, if you are meeting someone based on the paranormal or based on just farming or STDs or whatever, what else do you have I, to talk I, listen, about? Wait a minute, hold on. I just changed my mind completely. Okay, I'm now a hundred percent, one thousand percent. 
behind this option. Okay. Behind well. ParanormalDate.com. I am a full supporter. I'm not only uh, a supporter, I'm also willing to become a spokesman at this point. That's how much I believe <laughs> in this website. No, I never completed my Oh, membership. okay, good. But this is, that's how much I believe in this product and believe in this service. Okay. ParanormalDate.com is going to revolutionize the paranormal world. Why? Because a lot of these jerks just need to get some. <laughs> If they can just get some, then maybe they'll stop getting over themselves. Uh, start getting over themselves, and we won't have all this other crap. Uh, you know, that's one snort. <laughs> okay, so we've been saying this for a while, but it doesn't mean. See, in my mind, some of the people that we've met, I kind of feel like when they just meet up, they're like, eh, eh, I don't know what to do. So it might not happen, anyways. But I don't know. Maybe I like how she was when she was talking about that. She was doing robotic gestures. Yes, as if they're actually standing there, like a couple of robots, being like, "Where do I put it? Where does it go?" <laughs> exactly. That's what I pictured. Just because. I mean, we've all met some of these people in person. Oh yeah. Um, I, I like to put it as they get up out of bed that morning and they put on their human suit. <laughs> put well, on the Edgar suit. <laughs> yeah, it just they zipped up the human suit and they left the the house that day. I think that it will really, if, if, if these people can just get lucky, <laughs> it'll cut down on a lot of this crap. It'll no make more drama. They'll pe- all be happy. It will probably end the paradrama. We will have paranormal unity. Because of paranormaldate.com. Yes. It will give that us the, the, it will give us the mythical paranormal unity. We might have to ship some off to the STD site, though. Probably a few, yes. Yeah. Also, I don't think anybody bothered to warn George Norrie and his partner when he came up with this site that there's a disarming amount of people in the paranormal field that are sexual predators. Yeah. There's convicted pedophiles. Oh, Jesus Christ. Registered sex offenders. Awesome. I mean, there's it, it, it's, it's got to be an inordinate. I mean, I don't know the numbers. I don't have statistical raw data in front of me. Well, I'm sure you can. But it's got to be an inordinate. find them in any walk of life. But it seems like there's an, inord- an inordinate amount in this. <laughs> like, oh, like it's a higher percentage than it should be from any other walk of life. And these are the people that you're letting come More into your house. More than like in Little League and stuff like that? You, and Boy Scouts? And- here's the difference because those organizations have taken a proactive approach right. to weed that out. They have to because they can't be around children. So. You And you wouldn't believe, by the way, and I'm just throwing this out there, bless you. I've been a Little League coach. I have been a basketball coach for the YMCA. And I'm around new sports all the time for, for working for the newspaper. And you will not believe the training that you have to go through now. Uh, there's an organization called the Redwoods Group that does this online training. Uh, and I know that's only one of many companies, but that's the one that I've had to undergo, where you take this course online. And it's like four hours where you have to learn about the signs of sexual abuse and learn about who could be a predator. And you, you have to know all of this and pass a test at the result of it in order at the end of it. And those results are dependent those results determine whether or not you can go on and serve in this capacity. So there are <laughs> proactive approaches in those now because of the past that it's had. We don't have anything like that in the paranormal. Well, no. Few and far between actually bother to go through Corey checks on the people they put on their teams. I mean, I think you should do that anyways, no matter what you do. But I think people just think that they're getting together for fun and they're jumping around in the dark and looking for evidence. But... I mean, you don't find many kids in the paranormal. That's why I'm confused. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. You're letting them into your home where your children live and sleep. Right. And, and it's not, it doesn't just have to be kids. I mean, it could be hey, any sex offender. We're not saying that 
the sex offenders are attracted to the paranormal because of children. They're maybe attracted to the paranormal because they're not being checked out or they're feeling like they can be, you know, it's a new hobby because it, it's they... A, it's a very easy way to manipulate people, yeah. too. And, and you know this to some degree because you've had to deal... I know that you've dealt with cases where people have come to you with experiences and come to you with what they feel is is uh, a haunting or, or a demonic activity or something, or, and you know that it's just their own psychoses. Yes. And, and, and so you can understand that people that are in that state of mind are pretty susceptible to suggestion and pretty susceptible to somebody coming in and, and taking advantage of that. Right. And so I think that that's what draws some of these these folks into the mix is because they look at this as being something that they can portray themselves as an expert. They can portray themselves as knowledgeable in something that people don't understand and use that because what ultimately what's being a sex offender, being a rapist, being anybody that's in the in, in putting themselves in that position, what's it about? Control. Control, and it's about power, and it's yeah. about feeling like you have something over another individual. And what is calling a paranormal investigator into your house? It's giving them that control. It's giving them control to say, I don't understand what's going on in my house. You can come here into my most private of sanctums, when I'm not even here most of the time. You know, A lot of these investigations happen in the home set up present. hidden cameras. And, yeah, I'm and route through my underwear drawer. Yeah, I got where you're going. So it, or your children's bedrooms. So... There's a, a high amount of trust trust placed into paranormal investigators that is very undeserved. I mean, there, there's so many people out there that uh, I wouldn't let into my house if I was there and having them over for a Super Bowl party. And people are letting them come into their house unattended, under no supervision, and having free reign. And it doesn't just have to be sex offenders. It doesn't just have to be pedophiles. It could be people that are just criminals. People that just are going to come in and lift, or just lift the jewelry. In general. Yeah, or case the joint to come back later. Yeah, exactly. Know where you're going. Now they know exactly how because you're not there, so you don't know what they're doing when you when you're not there. They could be unlocking the cellar door, mm-hmm. giving you a clean in. bill of health in terms of any kind of paranormal activity. So there's no reason for them to ever have to come back. And then two days later, we you know everything's taken out of the basement. Yeah, that's creepy. So I mean, I I've. Anytime I've gone anywhere on an investigation, the homeowner's always been present. They've always been there to, you know, ask questions or to oversee everything. But I know of people that have told me that um, they just leave the house and let these people just be in their home. And they've the team actually requests that you be gone for six hours minimum and you can't come back to the home. And that to me is just weird. Like, why why can't you operate while the homeowner's home? Homeowners want to have any experience. They may be the key to... Right. What if they're the one that's stirring it up? Or You you don't know. But either way, why would you tell somebody that they have to leave their house? I'm sorry. There's no amount of evidence on this planet that, oh, no, they'll they'll contaminate the evidence. Well, then have a discussion with them. Well, I can understand asking them to leave if you want to develop the control part of your investigation. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're doing part with them there and part with them. Well, yeah, if you're trying to determine if the activities around them, them or if it's right. sure, I can understand that. But, I mean, there's been locations that we've done for Legend Trips events where they just want to turn the place over to us and go away. Yeah. And, no, 
<laughs> no, because first of all, part of the reason we don't want somebody from your organization to be there is because, you know, if we have any questions about the history, right. you know, you're there to answer those questions, but also because we want somebody there to be supervising everything that goes on. Mm-hmm. We want somebody there to be accountable on your end for anything that happens. Right. Uh, because we don't want to be seen as the people that come in and take over and who knows what happens. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the problem that I have with it, and, and obviously paranormaldate.com is, you know, just part of this. But the problem that I have in this is that there's too much of a feeling of because we're all in this together, we have to trust one another. And trust should never just be given automatically. It should be earned. No. And I always say all the time, like people are like, well, you know, you, you come on the radio, whether it be in the morning or in the, the paranormal show, and you complain about how, you know, people have to earn your respect. And that's true. Anybody in this world has to earn my respect. But that doesn't mean that I'm not respectful toward them. Right. And and I will continue to do so toward anybody in the paranormal. But to earn my respect, to earn my trust, that's something that you have to prove. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that should be the way that it is for anybody. And unfortunately, it isn't. I mean, the, the clarion call out there is we have to work together. And so by having to work together, it means we have to trust one another mm-hmm. and and be willing to, to go down that path and, and stand behind somebody who you barely even know, which is why I tell people, listen, if you're going to form a team, form it with friends and family and people that you know. Exactly. Don't just put out a call and say, anybody want to join a team? Because you never know what kind of inv- element you're inviting in to it and also now associating yourself with. I mean, at the same time, if you think about it, like, oh, we all have to work together. We all have to support each other because we're all doing the same thing. We're all seeking answers. Well, as humans on this planet, Aren't we all working toward the same thing? We're getting up every day. We're doing the exact same thing. We're working. We're supporting families. So should we all, everyone on the planet, get along? No, it's never going to happen. There's a balance between good and bad. And just like there is light and dark, everything else, everything has to be a balance. If we all operated the same way, there would be no balance of this world. So the same people apply to the paranormal. There's good and there's bad. And you can't trust or be BFFs with everyone. It's not going to happen. And personality clashing, like I'm sure, you know, even at day jobs and things like that out in the real world, you're going to meet people that you just don't want to be around. I'm sorry. I can walk into a supermarket and be like, oh, this person's annoying me because they're just being rude. And that doesn't mean I have to go and be their best friend because I just don't want to be around them. I have that choice. So we all have that choice, whether it's a paranormal or society in itself. And I, I just feel like if you approach it with that, if you approach it with... The idea that, you know, you have to get along and you have to work together. You're setting yourself up to be taken advantage of. Exactly, because you're believing and you're being naive. And there has to be some level of uh, accountability for it, too. I mean, there has to be some level of, if you get burned, you have to admit that you got burned. Exactly. And you have to learn from it. Because if you try and fool yourself into thinking like, oh, you know, I didn't know, I didn't, uh, I should have seen the signs of this, I should have known this person, people warn me about this. If you start passing the blame mm-hmm. and don't say, okay, I never should have associated myself with that person, that's on me, then you're, and that's something that I saw today, that, that uh, live stream that I got caught up watching, is it was somebody saying that they were essentially lied to and faked out by somebody who they said was catfishing mm-hmm. on the internet, pretending to be somebody that they weren't. And okay, I feel bad that that happened to you, but at the same time, you need to have your guard up. You need to have 
the BS meter running at all times. Right. And that's the problem is is we want to pull down our BS meter so that we can be more open to, you know, maybe we come into this with a little too much skepticism and we say we're hurting ourselves. We're, we're, we're doing ourselves and our research a disservice if we're going to be that close-minded. Mm-hmm. So we say, I got to pull down the BS meter a little bit and allow for some to come through so I can determine for myself what I think is legitimate and what isn't. But you should never, ever put that BS meter down when it comes to other people and other people who can have a direct impact on you. You know, it's it's okay to be willing to say, all right, I'll suspend belief a little bit right now to see where this goes. But you should never suspend vigilance in terms of uh, of making sure that a person is who they say they are and is on the up and up. I'm sure, Stephanie, you know, you being an attractive woman, you have people that come at you all the time and try and... I don't want to say hit on you, but they try and, you know, get into conversations with you based on that. Simonis and I were ugly. We don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but you probably have people that are coming at you all the time with, under the guise of, I, uh, you know, I need your advice. I mean, it's happened a lot my entire life. It's been, you know, not as bad lately, I'll say. Because um, well, now you're a mom. Well, I also have a very scary husband. So, but they, people don't know that he's he's off in the sidelines. The people, they find out he's scary when they need to find out. Exactly. So those he, he lurks in the shadows. The people that have found out have since stopped, and it's been kind of pleasant. Um, but it, um, I mean, yeah, it does happen, and I constantly have the BS meter going. Um, I, I feel like it kind of kicks into that, like, like a little bit of that flight or fight. Like it, you kind of start thinking like, what do they want from me? And what kind of person are they? And because it's, to me, it's odd. People don't normally start conversations like that or they don't want to be that friendly right away. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it happens. People, people are just kind of creepy. You know what else I've, I've had to realize? And this is kind of funny, but it, and it's off topic a little bit, but we're talking about this. And we're talking about having to have our haunches up when we're dealing with people, but it's it's almost it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a societal thing to where we live, too, okay. because I have a lot of people that reach out to me from around the world, right? And sometimes it's I don't want to say lost in translation because they're speaking English, but sometimes they don't understand because they're from a totally different place, and they're so overly friendly yes. that it's like, whoa, what is yep. all this? Back um, off, man. Down south, especially. I mean, even like European, same thing. Um, being from good old Boston, it's just how New Englanders work. Um, I don't know why or how. Um, I've been to plenty of different conferences, even going to Disney World. You go to Disney World, people run over your toes with their strollers, and they say in their very nice, thick southern accent how sorry they are, and can they buy you a soda? So it's just... Bizarre to me because you know, from being from around here, that's you're not, like, that's not a true story. Is not a sort of Disney World like twenty six dollars? Yeah, it happened to me. Really? Yep. Wow, somebody um, had money to th- throw around down there. Huh? So I mean, a lot of people were either um, English accents. You know, they come over from like England or like you know places like that or around that area. Um, it's like you run over the English person, like it's only a flesh wound. <laughs> um. But, you know, just people from down south, especially, you know, like Texas area and everything else. And they don't they don't seem to to be that way. Maybe it's 
who knows? I mean, I could really get like controversial and t- start talking about like gun laws and stuff like that, and that's probably why they're so much nicer. But well, let's not take it down that path. No, I won't. I can tell you, I already. I will take away Moniz's microphone I, before we do that. Well, I already got lambasted by some callers this morning, so by one in particular. Really? Yes. That's a woman. Right. A woman had a problem with me pointing out the fact that Elmo was a pedophile. I saw that on social media. That's true. You... I know, but apparently I'm not supposed to talk about it. So. Well, that's we'll all right. We that. don't have to. That's a totally different subject, and Elmo's I'm, not on the Paranormal Date site. I don't so. think he's on Let, ParanormalDate.com. Why don't you correct that? The guy that yes, portrays yes. the voice, not he. Kevin Clash. Yes. But uh, so anyway, I, I I'm thinking that we let's make a profile for Moniz. I think we should. ParanormalDate.com. Do no, it. I've seen the women in the paranormal. No way. <laughs> wow. wow, he just totally shut himself off to most of our listening audience. Right now, there's women and there's women listening to the podcast that have Moniz posters on their wall that are like, rip, screw yep. this guy. I heard what you said about me. <laughs> if we get any calls about anybody jumping off the Braga Bridge, we know why. <laughs> <laughs> 508-996-0500, 877-996-0500. Numbers. Uh, but I'd be interested, who out there would be willing to give that a try? Who would would be willing to uh, join ParanormalDate.com and try to find somebody within the field, within the community of the paranormal? We need a guinea pig. Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of want to volunteer cost stuff. No, no, he He'll won't kill do us. it. No, he would never want to do it. We volunteered you. You might have a profile whether you like it or not. <laughs> you you have a what? Twitter whether you, you like it or not. Know. Yeah, I know. What, you actually want me to set up an account in there? See what kind of yes, things buy? Yes, we want to see who's on there. We need to All spy. Right. That's that's just going to be the best part about What's it. What's the is. site? I'll go home and create one. ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. Okay. All right. <laughs> so the, but uh, you have to like blog about it. Sure. Okay. The interesting thing about it, too, will Can be Can you like, imagine if that's how you find your soulmate? I'll die. I've had a stranger. I know. <laughs> That's why I said I'll die. Cause if it if it does happen, we're totally calling George and telling him like we've got the success story for you. You have to you have to have him on coast to coast to share his success story oh, with paranormaldate.com. I've met Nori. You can do the robot dance while you're there too. <laughs> Where do I put it? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm glad that that people can find one another and i'm glad that the internet can help with that <laughs> especially when you think about it i mean i was not not for very long but i was an internet dater in the Were early you? days i went on a few dates with people that i met in aol chat rooms i was gonna say was it aol chat rooms please tell it, me it was it was hilarious it was aol chat rooms asl asl picks question mark yep and uh, let me tell you, there was quite, quite a few people that I waited 10 minutes for their photo to download that I wish I had those 10 minutes back in my life. Because <laughs> once I saw them, I was like, time to change my screen name. Uh, no, oh but uh, just going back a little bit, yes, there there was a few, uh, there were a few dates that I went on mm-hmm. uh, via it. One worked out pretty well, and we became friends, a short-lived friendship till she had moved away. But, you know, the dates mm-hmm. didn't work, but cool friends. And uh, and then another one I remember I went on. The I picked the girl up. It was, she lived in New Bedford. Okay. Her, her parents owned a three-decker house, and she lives on the top floor. Mm-hmm. So she has, like, her own place. So she's like, come on over. I got my own place. Okay. So I go over there. Her and her sister are there talking to them. Fine. She's like, we're going to go out for, for ice cream. Okay. Whatever you want to do. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's your date. Whatever you want to do. So we go to the... 
the the friendlies, which at the time was like, I have no idea where the hell I am now. I know it was the South Dartmouth friendlies. Okay. So we go to the South Dartmouth friendlies, and which I can say on the air because they're closed. Right. <laughs> and we uh, we have ice cream. She eats like an enor- uh, an exorbitant amount of food. Mm-hmm. Like she got like the big Sunday, and you know she had like mozzarella sticks and everything. I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. So we we don't know where we're going next. We just start driving, and I get to Fall River through Jeez. by going 195. Yep. I get to Fall River, and by the time I get there, she's really asleep in my car. I drove around for two hours until she finally woke up, and she's like, oh, "Can I just go home? I'm really tired." That's weird. And that was the last internet date I went on because it was like, "Can you imagine if she's listening right that's now?" That's how it is. She probably is. That's hilarious. I would have driven her right back home and been like, get out of my That's exactly car. what I did. When 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 we got out there, she's like, you want to come up? I'm like, no, you're tired. Get the hell out. I would have driven her home the minute she fell asleep. I wouldn't have driven around for two hours. Well, I, I was... At this point, I'm concerned. Yep. Because I'm driving around with somebody that's asleep in the car. And I'm like, what's going to happen when she wakes up? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm in... You know, Somerset right. or in Providence. And she wakes up. She's like, where the hell are you taking me? <laughs> you know, and like goes running out of the car and calls the police and says that she was kidnapped. Right. So I'm like, I just want to make sure that when she gets up, she fully understands that I'm just driving around while she slept. And, you know, oh like, there's there's nothing shady going on here at all. Uh, I'd actually thought about just parking out inside of her house mm-hmm. and sitting there until she woke up. But I thought that would be like. She was thinking I was You're like, far too nice. I would have woken her up and told her to get the hell out of my car. Same here. Yep. <laughs> hey. I You're tried, a nice guy. I tried to be nice to the people that I met on the AOL dating, but thank God I only wanted to Thank God a it didn't work out. Yes. And Jen came into the picture. Well, she was already in the Well, picture. in the picture. Yes, yeah. I know. You guys have a very long history, but thank God it worked out. This was uh, the brief time that she was living out of state, so. Right. So, basically... Online dating doesn't work. It, it does I'll, for some people. I'll say that. That's how I met my second wife and swore I'd never go on another one of those sites again. Well, but that was before they before created ParanormalDate.com, date. which is made just for people like you. Yeah. See that? Yeah. You already have experience. This is going to be fun. It's going to be really expensive. Of course, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really <laughs> creepy Absolutely. when the number one match for everybody for every woman that goes on there, the number one match is George Nori. That'll be really creepy. Do you think it might be? I don't know. That's hilarious. I don't know. Do you think Mona's going like match will be George It's kind of like when you had MySpace. Uh, it's kind of like when you had MySpace and Tom made himself yeah. your first friend every time. Yeah, that was weird. And like Tom had more friends than anybody. Right. I'm like, stop it, Tom. Stop <laughs> forcing yourself down my throat. I tried to engage Tom That's in conversation. It never worked. You're taking this way too far now tonight. Sorry. This is what happens when you keep me up late. We didn't keep you up late. You did. No, you decided to get up too early. I didn't decide. It just happened. This is on you. So I didn't get the chance to actually uh, <laughs> delve too deeply into some of these stories, but would you like to? I don't want a bedtime story. Let's see what we have here. In the treasury of New England folklore. That one's less creepy than the other one. Really? You think this one? This is the one that actually has ghost stories. Yeah, but look at the other one. And the other one has dead people's handwriting in it. I wish there was like an index in this that I could look up by. T- oh, I can. Perfect. No, no, no. I'm going to look up geographical index. Yes, excellent. New Bedford, 88 and 91. 
So let's see what we can find on those pages. <coughs> They're right near each other. Yes, yes, they are. There's a uh, couple here. All right, what's the 91? I just want to look real quick. Mm-hmm. You look you think- like you're telling a very creepy bedtime story. I know. You think I would <coughs> not be reading this in my head on the air? All right, here we are. Well, what's it about? A ghost, apparently. How long from port? A six-month North Atlantic voyage, officially called a tween seasons voyage, unofficially called a plum pudding voyage, was much scorned by the sturdy old-timers of New England. Such a voyage was generally carried on by Provincetown brigs and schooners. One old New Bedford skipper, who had been coerced against his inclination to make such a voyage, was busily engaged casting off from the wharf when his agent approached and whispered in his ear, Captain Jones, you've forgotten to kiss your wife goodbye. Without shifting his gaze from aloft, the captain demanded, What's ailing her? I'm only going to be gone six months. There have been many yarns told illustrative of the extreme length and precarious nature of a whaleman's voyages. One captain reported upon his return from a four years' fruitless search that he hadn't had a single barrel of oil or a single pound of bone aboard, but that he'd, quote, had a damn fine sail. A California clipper is said to have once hailed a whaler in the neighborhood of the Horn and to have asked, How long from port? One of a row of ragged and long-bearded men who were lined up at the rail answered, We don't remember, but we were young men when we started. That was one story? That that was one story. That's not that scary. I'm okay. No, these aren't these aren't all <laughs> scary. Some of these are just folklore. This, these aren't all scary stories in this book. This is this this is from the chapter local uh, from the section local characters to give you kind of an idea of what a That's bunch of salty what, old bastards we are. What it's about. Uh well let me see here. Uh this is from a, a, a story. This is called Whaler's Bastards. Okay. There were transgressions. There were occasional sons and daughters born to couples while the husband had been at sea for a couple of years. One such occasion was the cause of a visit to the mother by a committee of neighbors from the village church. Mrs. Jones, began the elder solemnly, there is something that ought to be explained. You have just given birth to a son, and yet your husband has been at sea for the past two years and over. Have you anything to say in explanation? Why, yes, replied the mother, with evident sincerity. John has written to me several times since he's been away. (laughs) Okay, then. Isn't that interesting? I've heard of a love letter, but... Hmm. See. All right. What do we have? About four minutes. I will finish off with with another story from New Bedford. We was cruising down the Mozambique Channel under reefed topsails and with the wind blowing more than half a gale, two years out of New Bedford and no isle, and the masthead lookout shouts, There she blows! And I goes aft. Captain Simmons, says I, his being the name same as mine, but no kith or kin, thank God. The man at the masthead says, There she blows! Shall I lower? Mr. Simmons, says the captain, It's blowing a little too pert and I don't see fitting for it to lower. And I goes forward. And the man at the masthead sings out, Thar she blows and breaches. And I goes aft. Captain Simmons, says I. The lookout at the masthead says, Thar she blows and breaches. Shall I lower? Mr. Simmons, says the captain. It's blowing too part and I don't see fitting fair to lower. And I goes forward. And the lookout at the masthead sings out, Thar she blows and breaches and sparm at that. 
And I goes aft. Captain Simmons, says I. The lookout says, thar she blows and breaches, and sparm at that. Shall I lower? Mr. Simmons, says he. It's blowing too pert, and I don't see fitting for to lower. But if so be you sitting fit to lower, Mr. Simmons, why lower? And be good and goddamn to ye. And I lower and goes to them the whale. And when I comes within seventy-five feet of her, I say, put me, it, put me just three seas nearer, for I'm hell with the long harpoon. And I darted the iron, and it took. When I comes alongside the ship, Captain Simmons stands in the gangway. Mr. Simmons, says he, you are the finest mate that ever sailed in this ship. Below on the locker on the port side, there's rum and cigars at your service. Captain Simmons, says I, I don't want your rum, no more your cigars. All I want you, Captain Simmons, is plain civility, and that of the commonest, goddamnedest kind. And I goes forward. It reminds me of a joke. I'll tell this quickly, because we only have a minute. There's a kid, asks the girl to the prom. She says, yes, I'll go. So he goes to get a tux. But there's a long line waiting for the tux. So then he goes, and he goes. He finally gets a tux. He goes to get the flowers. And there's a long line for the flowers, and he has to wait. And finally he gets the flowers. And then he goes to get the limo, and he waits. And there's a long line to get the limo, but he finally gets the limo. They get to the prom, and they start dancing. And he says, would you like some punch? And she says, yes, I'd like some punch. And when he goes over to get the punch, there's no punch line. Ha, 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 ha. Bad joke. That, <laughs> thanks to that goes to Alicia, who posted that on Matt Costa's wall earlier really? with a bunch of other stupid jokes. That's totally a Matt Costa joke, though. Well, that does it for this week's show. Uh, we <laughs> good to end it on a positive note like that. <laughs> uh, we are going to log off uh, for tonight, and we are going to sign on to ParanormalDate.com and make Moni's profile. We will not be back next week, of course, because we do have a Legend Trips event, uh, but we will return the following week. We've got a lot of stuff planned for you. I think we'll be talking about ghost sex. With uh, GL Davies. Gavin really? Davies will be joining us to finally talk about ghost sex, plus a whole lot more coming up. So until next time, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular. <laughs>